Local talk is back in the valley. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show, weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And thank you so much for joining us this fine Wednesday afternoon here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, uh, serving as your concierge for conversation. As we take a look at the issues of the day, you and I need to discuss together those that affect us uh, critically right here in the Central Valley of California. want to jump right in today, and, and I feel one of the responsibilities we have here on the Mike Douglas Show is to monitor what's going on in the California legislature, because there, there are often bills that get through that not a, peop- a, lot, a whole lot of people know about, but bills that... Uh, you shake your head at, or at least I do, and I I feel that when some of these come up <clears throat> that I especially am shaking my head at, I need to let you know about them, and uh, we need to think about them together. Well, the bill I'm tracking right now is Senate Bill 519. It was uh, authored by Senator Anthony Weiner, and uh, that bill has passed the Senate. It's now in the Assembly And the bill uh, basically is about controlled substances and decriminalizing certain hallucinogenic substances, you know, minor things like LSD and and methamphetamines, you know, nothing nothing big. And uh, I'll let uh, Senator Wiener uh, give you his assessment of it. This is back in June when the bill had just passed the Senate, I believe, and was on its way to the Assembly. Here's Senator Scott Weiner. I'm the author of Senate Bill 519, which decriminalizes psychedelics in California. We just had a huge uh, win. Uh, SB 519 passed the full state Senate uh, and is now on its way to the Assembly. It's a big step for this legislation and for our movement. Uh, to end the war on drugs uh, and to take a more health and science-based approach and to move away from criminalization of drugs. Okay, and what was the purpose of that bill again? End the war on drugs uh, and to take a more health and science-based approach and to move away from criminalization of drugs. Okay, so it's healthy to be on LSD. All right, well, instead of me giving you my response now. I want to give you my response through a longtime friend of mine. Now, uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, uh, but for uh, many years he was the director of and a regional director of Teen Challenge in our area, and he could speak to being on drugs, gateway drugs, the danger of drugs, better than anyone else because he had street credibility. He had been there, done that. You're not going to believe his story. May raise some eyebrows uh, for you. But Dennis Whitman, really, his words are the best way that I can convey to you my feelings about this particular bill. Now, how do, how do we get the interview? Well, I do have a line here on my, uh, my soundboard uh, to heaven, but it's a prayer line, and usually I don't get any audio back. But I have it here just in case, in case God ever decides to do that. But no, Dennis is not coming to us from that line. I interviewed Dennis several years ago in the context of a podcast called Lighthouse Live. 
through advancing vibrant communities. At the time, our producer and co-host was Lane Vincent, and uh, we had Dennis Whitman live as our guest. I'm going to play uh, portions of his interview. You're, you, you may be very surprised at what you hear, and you will understand why I feel the way I do about this particular bill after hearing from Dennis Whitman. All right, again, <clears throat> here's Dennis Whitman from several years ago. I think this was back in May of 2010 as we discussed his role at Teen Challenge, but more importantly, as we discussed his life and how his life was destroyed by drugs and then how he got a new lease on life. Here's Dennis Whitman. Well, I grew up in a home that, uh, from the outside, it looked okay, Pastor Mike. It looked, uh, you know, my dad uh, was a middle-class guy. He was a a foreman at Douglas Aircraft. So on the outside, I played baseball, football, and it it looked good. But uh, he was an alcoholic. Hmm. He terrorized us. And at an early age, I was looking for a way out. Started drinking alcohol, got arrested a couple of times, went to a place in Pleasanton. It was a job corps, but really didn't go there to get my life together. I went there to escape CYA. That's California Youth Authority. It's a young person's prison. Uh, Got kicked out because they found out all I was doing was getting tattoos and going over the fence. It was an old Air Force Hmm. base. We'd go over the fence and get alcohol, and we'd go chase women, actually. And so they kicked me out, started smoking marijuana. First time I smoked it, it didn't get me high, but the second time it got me high. I got the giggles, the wiggles. Anybody that did marijuana, they know what that is, the munchies and the crunchies. In other words, I got hungry and just couldn't stop laughing. Hmm. And I realized that it gave me an escape away from the madness of my home because hearing my dad beat my mother and Hmm. going to sleep crying, uh, that just didn't do it. And so pretty much that opened the door and through marijuana, people that want to legalize marijuana for some money, they're out of their minds. People that tell you that marijuana isn't an open door, it isn't a gateway drug, they're mentally challenged. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not trying to tear anybody, but they don't know what they're talking about. If I took them to prison, if I took them to our program, if I took them to the streets with hardcore drug addicts, it would be like a broken record. I'd say, where did you start? People don't start with heroin. Very few. There are some that start with methamphetamines or cocaine, but very right. few. It would be like a broken record. It would be marijuana. Marijuana, marijuana, alcohol, alcohol, marijuana. It's a broken record. That is a gateway drug. Marijuana convinced me. As I begin to smoke it, one of the things that happened is I lost my fear of drugs. Then I started uh, messing around with uppers. That's benzedrine, dexedrine, methadrine, cocaine. Started doing those drugs. Then I I started downers. They're just the opposite. Uh, Uppers, they get you all up. Downers take you down. And I started mixing them. Uh, But as I started doing that, I got in a crowd that was very, very violent. And I had violence at home, and the next thing I know, I'm in a, you know, I'm I'm with bikers and lowriders and guns and stuff. And so 
I got involved. I, I looked around, and really what I wanted to do was I wanted to party. I wanted to get high. Mm. I wanted to do drugs. I wanted to do rock and roll, and I, and I wanted, you know, and I'll be gentle here, but this is where I was at. I wanted women. Mm-hmm. And so I saw, I remember seeing these guys, uh, I, I saw this group of people, and I remember they had flowers in their hair. That was the men. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, man, if we get in a dispute, what are they going to do? Pull out their flower and beat me to death with it? <laughs> and, and I began to, to, to understand their mentality was to really just get high and have a good time and pass their women around. That's, you know, I'm trying to be gentle right. here, but that's the reality of the thing. And that's really the whole thing that I wanted. And so I got involved with them. And as I got involved with them, uh, I got involved not directly with Timothy Leary. He was a professor that began to experiment with LSD. And he had a group called uh, the Brotherhood of Eternal Love. And I got involved with them in Laguna. And one of their guys took me up to the mountains for what is called uh, a psychedelic experience. Timothy Leary translated the Tibetan Book of the Dead into psychedelic experience and psychedelic prayers. What we did is we went up Takwas Falls. It's a huge mountain. We went to Television Rock. The reason that we called it Television Rock, they had a waterfall, and there was all kinds of designs on this rock. And when we took acid, it became a TV. Mm. <laughs> we yeah. saw whatever we wanted to see. And what we did is, is we dropped the acid together, and the one guy that took us up, he was called the guide or the guru. And what we would do is we'd lay on the slab, the rock, and he would read the psychedelic experience to us or the prayers, and we would go deeper and deeper into these trances. What were we trying to get to? We were trying to get to the third eye. The third eye is the eye of enlightenment, and also when you hit the third eye, there is the white light comes in. And what are we trying, what, try, what state were we trying to get into? The state of nirvana. What does that mean? The state of nothingness. And so that, I, I, connected with them, went on an experience, and they also, they're taking you to an ego death. What is an ego death? It is to try to get you, to get to that third eye, is to empty everything out of you, everything that you've learned, to kill that ego, mm. uh, uh, and to let that light, to let that source, we thought it was God, later on we found out it wasn't God. And so when I came down from that mountain, I had saw the white light and I had experienced the power up there. So I began to sell LSD. I let all these other drugs go. And in the hippie movement, what was pure was LSD, uh, magic mushroom, uh, peyote buttons, hashish. That's another form of marijuana and really dedicated myself to that. Uh, then I started selling the LSD, and somebody came up to me with a friend. I asked them if that friend was a police officer. They said no. I sold them uh, some LSD. I think it was just a tab. And they didn't arrest me on the spot because what they did, he was a snitch. That's somebody that tells on somebody. And they took him to different people. And a month later, they had secret indictments, and they arrested me. I went to prison for, it was uh, one year to five. Because at the time, they just changed, the, just made it illegal. But what they did is they made a mistake. And they made possession 1 to 10 and sales 1 to 5. And I thought, man, I'm <laughs> sure glad I sold it. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Wow. And so when they took me to the parole board, 
it was a one to five, that means <clears throat> I had to do at least a year and no more than five. Well, it was a part of my religion, so when they took me to the board, I said, put me in my cage and leave me alone because you're not going to tell me, and you only gave me five years, so I'll do all five of the years. And I did all five. Hmm. They brought me back uh, about two and a half years later, and they said, uh, they started talking to me, and I said, did I stutter last time? Put me back in the cage and leave me alone. And so they put me back in the cage, and I got out five years later. But when I got out, the Brotherhood of Eternal Love... We used to go to their places, and, man, they'd have these big old pipes, and we'd smoke them. We'd smoke hashish and marijuana, and they were passing their women around in peace and love. When I got out, they were kicking doors in. Mm. They were heroin addicts, and the whole scene had went sour. It really went sour on that ultimate concert, or that, uh, that speedway, Altima. And it really went bad there. That's when all the air came out of the hippie movement, and pretty much nobody knew. I found out later that's the devil was fueling all that. You want peace, you want love, you want other religions. He gave it to us all, but in the end, Woodstock. he took it all away. Yeah, Woodstock, Woodstock was a good one. <clears throat> Altamont was they they hired the hell's angels to come in. And it was like the devil was saying, you played around, now I'm going to show you what this is all about. The Hell's Angel killed somebody that night. Mm -hmm. They were beaten. They scared the, the, the rock people to death. But if you're going to sing that rock and roll, you need to know what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And the Hell's Angels came in and said, this is what it's all about. It's from hell. And they beat people. And finally, at the end of the night, they killed somebody. And there's even mm -hmm. a, a movie on it. We're visiting with Dennis Whitman, an uh, interview done several years ago. Uh, Dennis was the regional director of Teen Challenge. And we're listening to this because I believe his words accurately convey my feelings about Senator Anthony Weiner's bill that will legalize uh, psychedelic drugs, including LSD. And Dennis Whitman, I think, is going to make a case for why this is one of the most boneheaded bills I've ever heard of. And uh, we'll hear more from Dennis Whitman in just a couple of moments. In fact, you're going to hear how these drugs made him have a thirst for blood. A thirst for blood. We'll continue our interview again, uh, pre recorded many years ago with Dennis Whitman, coming right up here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Power Talk 1360 KFIV traffic now from the JJ Heating and Air Traffic Center. South 99 in Manteca, slow today, 120 to Main Street in Ripon, while eastbound 4 is tied up as well, Wilson Way to 99. Look out for a crash in Lathrop, northbound 5 before Roth Road on the shoulder and a stack up from Louise Avenue waiting for you. For the latest on the Valley Reopening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. This report is sponsored by the Ben Ferguson Podcast. Coming up on the Ben Ferguson Podcast all week, we're doing a deep dive into the shocking news that a Clinton campaign attorney lied to the FBI about the Russian collusion story. So why are more people not being indicted? We're going to expose it all on the Ben Ferguson Podcast. Download it now. iHeartRadio brings you Global Citizen Live, a moment heard around the world. This Saturday, the biggest artists on the planet unite 
ride with world leaders to demand action on our biggest challenges. Featuring BTS, Usher, Elton John, Black Eyed Peas, Ed Sheeran, Lizzo, Shawn Mendes, Jennifer Lopez, Coldplay, and other surprise guests. Join us for this once-in-a-generation moment to defend the planet and defeat poverty. Together, we can move the world one action at a time. Hear it all day this Saturday on Global Citizen Radio with the iHeartRadio app. Our pets are important. They're family. (laughs) Whether you're working away from home or at home, your pet needs healthy activity. Canines on the Move can help you keep those pets going. They give your pets the love and exercise they need when you're not able to. From dog walking to pet sitting, Canines on the Move can make a difference. Call Canines on the Move at 209-226-1150. Call today and your first walking service is free. 209-226-1150. Canines on the Move, 209.com. What will you do if there's a sudden food shortage. Given recent headlines, it seems likely, and at any moment. That's why it makes common sense to build your emergency food storage supply now, while you still can. Do it with the kind of food that stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. Food that doesn't go bad like what you get at the grocery store. Whose food should you trust? The largest preparedness company in America, My Patriot Supply. We've served millions of American families going on 14 years. At MyPatriotSupply.com, our mission is your survival. Our emergency food could definitely be your lifesaver when the peanut butter hits the fan. Choose from dozens of delicious meal kits that provide over 2,000 calories a day, which is what your body needs. Order today and your food will ship fast in unmarked boxes to protect your privacy. Don't wait. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. MyPatriotSupply.com. Coming up on the Ben Ferguson podcast all week, we're doing a deep dive into the shocking news that a Clinton campaign attorney lied to the FBI about the Russian collusion story. So why are more people not being indicted? We're going to expose it all on the Ben Ferguson podcast. Download it now. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk, 1360 KFIV. Senate Bill 519, uh, authored by Senator Anthony Weiner, is uh, passed the Senate. It's waiting in the Assembly to uh, move out of there. And it basically is going to uh, legalize the possession and use of psychedelic drugs And the best case that I can give you for why this bill ought to not pass is through the words of a longtime friend of mine named Dennis Whitman. The interview was done back in 2010. Uh, Dennis is uh, in heaven with the Lord now, but uh, his uh, his words were just absolutely compelling to me and convicting. And uh, so I'm going to continue that interview now. Again, uh, the producer for this was Elaine Vincent, uh, my co-host at the time. And this was on Lighthouse Live, a podcast by Advancing Vibrant Communities. Uh, here's the continuation of our interview with Dennis Whitman, again at that time, regional director of Teen Challenge. Anyway, that uh, uh, when I got out, I saw that I continued to use drugs, but it was just to kind of maintain. Lost my brother out of the back of a pickup truck. I was in the front with a driver. He snorted some angel dust. Angel dust is just animal tranquilizer. We called it angel dust or PCP. But he went out the back of the pickup truck. We don't know if he took his own life or he thought he could fly. Because when you get on that drug, you do crazy, crazy things. I went back to my mother and I told her, you know, uh, I didn't know what happened. He just went out the back of the pickup truck. 
I'd already done time, so I'd become hardened. And it wasn't that drugs were a problem. I just said to myself, my brother is weak mm-hmm. and just kept on using the drugs. My, my, my mother kicked me out of the house probably, uh, I don't know if it was several months after that, but a little while after that, she kicked me out. I hung on the streets for about three months, finally got a place to stay, had my brother come and live with me. Uh, in a little motel room, but before he came to live with me, I got jumped, and my eye got beat up pretty bad. And then every time I got high, that convict came out of me, and I wanted to kill. I wanted to not just go and beat these kids up. I wanted to stomp their fingers. Mm. I wanted to kick their teeth out and tell them what you're looking at when you play you want to play you're going to have to pay but i fought it in fact i even went to their door and knocked on their door went into their house because i was trying to convince myself not to kill i didn't want to go back to prison and then i could see the fear in their eyes because i said i'm looking at you now why don't you come at me now and and they didn't move because i was still trying to talk myself out of killing them and and this murder spirit would come on me and then my brother came and he had that angel dust, put a $10 line, a $10 line, they can't see it out there. It's just a little line. And what we did is we chopped it up, took a dollar bill, uh, got it where we could just snort that right to our nostrils. Why did we snort it? So we'd get high immediately. And he put another $10 line out. I snorted it and went crazy for two days and two nights. And I could handle my drugs, but I was out of my mind. I saw, I remember going outside and seeing prison bars. I looked up at the sun and I thought, why am I going back to prison? I got other people selling. I'm not selling the drugs. And finally in that state, I was listening to some rock and roll music and my mind was just burning. My brother came back into the room with two friends and they started talking to me. They had roach clips. That's where you hold the marijuana cigarette real small so you can get every little bit of out without burning your fingers. And they they had hashish pipes. And they were just talking to me, and I just wanted them out of there. And the thing that I learned in prison is just to look at people and not talk because they were always scared of my eyes. I don't know why. I get quiet, and they just say my eyes scare them. So two of them left, but my brother stayed in the room. And he said, what do you want me to do? You want me to stay, Denny, or you want me to leave? And I couldn't talk, and he shut the door, and I went towards him because in my mind was they're going to try to hurt me again. This time, they're going to get hurt. And I just exploded. And I remember seeing my brother's eyes meet my eyes. He knew he was going to die, and I knew I was going to kill him. Mm. And I beat him to death with my hands and my feet. And when I, I won't go into it here, but when I went, went and began to beat him, I went into three different visions. I'm not going to get into it here. But when I came out of those visions, each vision was real, and I completely... You know, it wasn't like I was killing my brother. I was in the vision, and I was seeing different things. And when I came out, I remember that my foot was going up and down. And I remember I was in the corner of the room, and I remember I was wondering, well, why is my foot going up and down? And I remember when I opened my eyes, I saw red all over the walls. And I thought, I wonder what that is. And I, 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 I followed where my foot was. And I looked down and my brother's head was crushed and I was stomping his head. And I remember saying to myself, I said, you know, this is just a bad trip. And so I remember going into the to the little room. It wasn't actually a bedroom and pulling the door. And I remember just fighting demons, things that most people can't even understand. I've been fighting. 
That's our interview with Dennis Whitman. We'll continue with his narrative in about five minutes or so. Again, my answer to Senator uh, Weiner as uh, as he has suggested this bill that would legalize things like LSD. We'll continue uh, with the rest of the story, so to speak, with Dennis Whitman in about five minutes. Here on the Mike Douglas Show, don't go away. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The bugs are here, ants, mosquitoes, termites, and ticks all ticking us off. Hi, Mike Douglas here. Happy to say that help is on the way. It's BJ's Consumers Choice Pest Control to the rescue with affordable plans to deal with those bugs and with rats and mice too. Your free estimate is only a phone call away at 800-705-1144 or online at bjspestcontrol.com. Look for them in your neighborhood. Power Talk 1360 KFIV traffic. Now, from the J&J Heating and Air Traffic Center. South 99 in Manteca slow today. 120 to Main Street in Ripon, while eastbound 4 is tied up as well. Wilson Way to 99. Look out for a crash in Lathrop, northbound 5 before Roth Road on the shoulder and a stack up from Louise Avenue waiting for you. For the latest on the Valley Reopening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. This report is sponsored by the Ben Ferguson Podcast. Coming up on the Ben Ferguson Podcast all week, we're doing a deep dive into the shocking news that a Clinton campaign attorney lied to the FBI about the Russian collusion story. So why are more people not being indicted? We're going to expose it all on the Ben Ferguson Podcast. Download it now. Hi, Mike Douglas here. Whether you're at a business or in a home office working all day, your pets need healthy activity. Your pets want activity and love. That's why I want to introduce you to my friends at Canines on the Move. They give your pets the love and exercise they need when you can't. From dog walking to pet sitting when you travel, Canines on the Move can make a difference. Call Canines on the Move at 209-226-1150. Call today and get your first walking service on them. That's 209 209- 9226-1150. Tell them Mike sent you. Radio advertising can connect your business with holiday shoppers wherever they go. Use iHeart Ad Builder to create an affordable custom radio ad right on your phone. Just click, listen, approve, then hear it on the radio. Create your customized ad today at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Safety tips from your MID. Electricity from Modesto Irrigation District. It powers our lives today, but it's an energy source that consumers need to use wisely and safely. For example, in your home, children should be taught that only plugs go into electric outlets and adults should put safety caps in all exposed outlets. Everyone should know that electric appliances must never be near water when plugged in. If you're running a portable heater, be sure to keep it away from walls and drapes and decorative string lights should be turned off whenever you're not home. Electric safety tips aren't just for inside. Awareness is key when you're working or playing outside as well. It can help minimize the risk of injury so keep poles ladders and yourself away from overhead power lines and only fly kites and drones in open areas where there are no power lines if you see a down line stay away alert others and call 911 and avoid underground power lines before you dig call 811 to have a technician locate and mark them by following a few simple tips you can protect yourself and your loved ones 
Modesto Irrigation District, ensuring the safety of our customers, community, and employees. Let your voice be heard. iHeart just made requesting your favorite songs faster and easier than ever. All you need are four magic words. Alexa, make a request. That's right. Now when you're listening to an iHeart station on any Alexa device, simply say, Alexa, make a request. Okay, what would you like to hear? Plus dedicate songs to friends, family, pets, anyone, anywhere, anytime. I love music. Alexa. Alexa. Alexa, make a request. Okay. From iHeartRadio, number one for music, radio, and podcasts all in one app. iHeartRadio. This report is sponsored by the Ben Ferguson Podcast. Coming up on the Ben Ferguson Podcast all week, we're doing a deep dive into the shocking news that a Clinton campaign attorney lied to the FBI about the Russian collusion story. So why are more people not being indicted? We're going to expose it all on the Ben Ferguson Podcast. Download it now. Sunny skies today, highs in the 90s, clear skies overnight, and mid-50s expected with a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow and another hot day in the mid-90s. The Trevor Carey Show. Amen. Follows Mike Douglas every weekday at 4. Well said. On Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And thanks so much for joining us this Wednesday afternoon. By the way, this is the uh, official first day of fall. Doesn't quite feel like it yet at night when I do my nightly walks. Why, it's starting to feel like fall right now in the middle of the day. Quite humid. A lot of summer left in it. But uh, hopefully fall is not far behind. So uh, we will uh, look forward to the weather change here. Today, uh, a very serious subject in my mind, and that is Senate Bill 519 in California, originally authored by uh, Senator uh, Scott Weiner, And it has to do with decriminalizing uh, certain hallucinogenic substances, little things like LSD, no biggie. And again, my best response to that, I think, is through the words of an old friend of mine. He was, for a time, the regional director of Teen Challenge here in our area in Central California, Northern California as well. His name was Dennis Whitman, and he had the street credibility to to speak on this. And so uh, Dennis uh, interviewed with me uh, back when we had a uh, a show, both a radio show and a podcast with Advancing Vibrant Communities called a Lighthouse Live. Lighthouse Live. And at the time, uh, Elaine Vincent uh, was my producer and co-host for this particular program. And this was recorded back in May of 2010 as Dennis talked about his story. And I believe his story is one of the most compelling reasons why Senate Bill 519 must not pass despite Senator Scott Weiner's opinion that end the war on drugs uh, and to take a more health and science-based approach and to move away from criminalization of drugs. I I don't think so, sir. Anyway, we're going to continue uh, our narrative listening to the words of Dennis Whitman. Again, he passed away just just a few years ago, but we do have this recording that I preserved uh, of our interview with him. He has just talked about the fact that uh, his initial encounter with marijuana caused him to move to uh, heavier drugs. He went through uh, the type of experiences that Dr. Uh, Timothy Leary uh, was popular for Uh, proposing and involving people in, and we just got to the point where he'd been on a bad trip, 
his mind, you know, drugs rewire your mind. Been on a bad trip. And uh, his brother was in the room. And when he finally came to his senses, he found that his foot was was going up and down. And what was going up, what it was going up and down on was his brother's head. And he had actually stomped his brother to death while under the influence of LSD. So let's pick up the story again. This is Dennis Whitman, formerly the director, regional director of Teen Challenge. Let's continue the interview. For a long time. And I went in there and just was fighting all night long. And I remember as I, as I opened that little door, I thought to myself, everything's going to be okay. But as I opened the little door, there was my brother and his head was crushed and rigor mortis had set in. He was stiff. And so I called the police. I said I didn't know who killed him. And they came out and there was no really marks on me except just a little bit on my hands. So they arrested me and tried me for first degree murder but found me guilty of manslaughter and then tried me again because the people that were snitching on me, they didn't really see it, uh, they, there were holes in their stories. So they tried me again, found me guilty again of involuntary manslaughter. And they sent me to San Quentin. Now, San Quentin was the end of the world. There was no Pelican Bay. There was no Conqueror Penitentiary. In fact, they built those two because Folsom in San Quentin was so violent. When I went there, they had just killed somebody in the chow hall. They slaughtered him right in the chow hall before they could even get a shot off. They stabbed him from two sides. And by the time they got the gun up to shoot him, they dropped the, uh, the, the knives and said, Boss, don't shoot. It's mm. over. Mm. It's done. Just take us in, but don't shoot. So that was the atmosphere that I was going in. And somebody, as I was sitting there, a guy that I knew that I did time with before, his name was John. He came up the tier and he started telling me about Jesus Christ. And, and, and I thought, oh, jeez, man, the guy got weak on me. And, and he's telling me, you know, here's a Bible. I said, you know what, give me the Bible and get away from the cell door. Because I'm thinking, this guy's just weak, man. He's, he can't do his time, so he turns to Jesus. Well, he gave me this Bible, and I started reading it. And I read it for three days. And, and as I as I begin to read it, it just, I, I just it felt like there was a fire inside of me. And I just yes. started burning. I, I, I got to the yes. place where I couldn't even hardly go to the bathroom because <laughs> I was shaking so bad. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I remember thinking, what is going on? And the guy couldn't get back to me because some more violence had broken out. When there's some racial violence, what they do is lock the whole penitentiary down. And the guy that got killed before, it was a racial killing. And so there was some more racial violence. It was going back and forth. So they locked it down. I didn't know that you could just ask the Lord to come into your life. And so for three days, it was like... They tell you when you die that you're going to see everything. For three days, I just kept seeing everything that I've ever done wrong. And and you know what? This time I couldn't justify it because of what my dad did. Dennis Whitman, again, uh, for many, many years, the regional director for Teen Challenge here in the Central Valley, Northern California. Incredible narrative, isn't it? In his own words, started out with marijuana, progressed to other drugs, uh, I'll comment on some of these other uh, facets of his journey in, in just a couple of minutes, but he wound up, in, in not realizing he was doing it at the time, he literally beat his brother to death, 
and stomped his head and crushed his brother's head and really didn't realize it until he came out from underneath the drugs, saw the blood, and, uh, and tracked it back to his brother and realized what he, would do- what he had done. Uh, here's a, a quick, about a minute and a half uh, tag. I'd like you to hear from Dennis Whitman. It's a quick story about Dangerous Dan and the Mexican Mafia. Dangerous Dan and the Mexican Mafia. Let's listen. Let me give you one story of a guy. Uh, His name in prison was Dangerous Dan. (laughs) Now, Dangerous Dan was uh, connected with the Mexican Mafia. There's four major uh, uh, gangs in there, and one of them is the Mexican Mafia. He was actually a hitman for the Mexican Mafia. When he came to us, his hand was almost blown off. They had pieced it back together, but it was just full of scars. And Dangerous Dan came, and they gave him to me because I was an ex-convict, and many times we went nose to nose. He, he was a career uh, a convict 20 years, and I remember wow. him coming to me and asking me one day, well, you know, how am I going to get a job? And what I wanted to tell him is, I don't have a clue, bro. <laughs> You've been stabbing and wow. killing. And, you know, I'm, I'm being honest with yes. you. I wanted to say, yeah. I don't have a clue. And, you know, I said, you know what? God's made a way for me. So, brother, we just mm-hmm. need to pray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he began to connect with a person that just came in and did do an odd job. He just kind of started doing handiwork. And actually, she hired him when he went out. Is that right? Wow. He went to Oakland and began begin to do some some things. I think it was a ministry called Love in Action or something. Mm-hmm. But he went to the streets of Oakland, then came, and the center that I'm at, he came there for a while until I came there and was kind of the director there for a while. The last time I heard that he's still on the streets dealing with gangbangers. In Oakland, uh, fascinating story again. Uh, our, our guest posthumously uh, has been Dennis Whitman. For many years, the regional director of Teen Challenge, giving his own story about how marijuana was a gateway drug to other psychedelic drugs, drugs that eventually led him to, without knowing it, because he was literally out of his mind, stomping his own brother to death. And then uh, God got a hold of him, turned around his life, and uh, a guy that was... uh, a murderer of his own family, a guy that was uh, was part of the drug culture, turned got turned around, and until his death just a few years ago of natural causes, uh, he had helped hundreds and hundreds of people to get off drugs and to straighten out their lives. I have a couple of observations I'd like to share with you. Uh, you're welcome to share yours as well. Our telephone number, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. And in his narrative, Dennis uh, Whitman mentioned uh, a sidebar here. He talked about the Hells Angels and the Altamont Speedway, and that's uh, it was near Tracy. And uh, do you know about that? If not, I'll fill you in with with some details in about three or four minutes. Fascinating because (laughs) 
because Mick Jagger hired the Hells Angels to be security at this Rolling Stones concert in 1969 at the Altamont Speedway. The Hells Angels wound up murdering someone. Mick Jagger then disavowed the Hells Angels, and then they uh, launched a plot to assassinate Mick Jagger at his own home. All that coming up, three or four minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, every weekday at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Power Talk 1360 KFIV traffic now from the J&J Heating and Air Traffic Center. Eastbound 4 in Stockton, slow today. Wilson Way to 99. And then for Lodi, some tire treads spread across lanes. South 5 at Highway 12, center lane specifically. And reports of a wrong-way driver in Stockton, South 5 at March. Watch out for that. For the latest on the Valley reopening, tune to news on 1360 AM KFIV. This report is sponsored by the Ben Ferguson Podcast. Coming up on the Ben Ferguson Podcast all week, we're doing a deep dive into the shocking news that a Clinton campaign attorney lied to the FBI about the Russian collusion story. So why are more people not being indicted? We're going to expose it all on the Ben Ferguson Podcast. Download it now. Hey, Modesto, the free smog repairs program is now adopting a COVID-19 prevention no-event model. Call my friends at Valley Can for a free emissions test. If it fails, you get a $500 electronic voucher for free car repairs. When you call them, the staff will guide you to a star smog repair shop near you. At the shop, you'll get a free smog check. If the car passes, you, yes, you will get a smog certificate. If it fails, your emissions-related repairs are free up to $500. So call my friends at Valley Can, 1-800-806-2004. That's 1-800-806-2004 for more details. Visit valleycan.org or call 1-800-806-2004. It's the free smog repairs program now in a COVID-19 prevention no-event model for Modesto and all San Joaquin Valley residents. This program is not for diesel vehicles. For official disclaimers, visit valleycan.org, a program of the Valley Air District. The pandemic's reminded us we live in a sea of airborne germs that can assault us with every breath. Your nose is the body's first line of defense by helping filter out allergens, bacteria, and viruses before they reach your lungs. But like any air filter, the more clogged up it gets, the less it works. So how do you clean your nose? I'm Martin Hoke, and I didn't invent nasal irrigation. The neti pot's been around thousands of years. But I did invent Navage to make cleaning your nose easy. Navage uses powered suction to flush out mucus and germs that cause congestion, or worse, can make you sick. Over 2 million people use Navage to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. Navage has over 70,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars because it works and it's easy to use. Go to Navage.com or find Navage at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath, and Target. Now available with eucalyptus for a spa-like experience. Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Coming up on the Ben Ferguson Podcast all week, we're doing a deep dive into the shocking news that a Clinton campaign attorney lied to the FBI about the Russian collusion story. So why are more people not being indicted? We're going to expose it all on the Ben Ferguson Podcast. Download it now. 
Local Talk is back in the Valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And we thank you so much for being part of the mix here on the Mike Douglas Show. Again, my privilege to serve as your concierge for conversation Monday through Friday, 3 to 4 p.m. here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And today the conversation is centering around Senate Bill 519, which passed the Senate and is now in the Assembly. It's authored by Senator Scott Weiner uh, here in uh, California. And basically, broad brush, it's designed to decriminalize certain hallucinogenic substances, including including LSD. And we heard from a, a friend of mine, uh, now with the Lord, but uh, a friend who had started with marijuana, led him into harder drugs, and eventually led him to kill his own brother by stomping his brother to death. Didn't even realize it until until uh, he was coming out of his uh, trance there from the drugs. So I am totally opposed uh, to this. I understand the war on drugs. I understand its, its fallacies. I understand its strengths and its weaknesses. Uh, but to decriminalize this is a fool's errand. And I'm sorry, Senator uh, Scott Weiner, you are a fool. Or at least you're doing a foolish thing by doing this. This is uh, outrageous in, in my opinion. Now, a couple of uh, remarks uh, about this. Let me see if I can, uh, I don't have this re-racked exactly here, but I think I have it just in the area where Dennis Whitman talked about uh, marijuana being a gateway drug. Didn't do it. And so pretty much that opened the door. And through marijuana, people that want to legalize marijuana for some money, mm-hmm. they're out of their minds. Mm-hmm. People that tell you that marijuana isn't an open door, it isn't a gateway drug, they're mentally challenged. And I don't mean that in a... Well, there you go. That's uh, Dennis Whitman's opinion on that. I do believe, uh, not for everyone, but that marijuana has proven to be a gateway drug. And what, what, uh, what it leads to are alternate realities. Uh, the, the, these kinds of, of drugs that that leads to rewire your brain. And it, it takes you, it slips you out of reality practically without you knowing it. It takes you from decency to depravity. Uh, it takes you into a false, deceptive version of reality. But the problem is when it gets a hold of you, when it rewires your brain, you can't tell the difference. And you fall under the spell of evil masquerading as beauty and serenity. Uh, the, Dennis Whitman talked about uh, the uh, psychic uh, trances and the psychic prayers that uh, they were reciting. It was all baloney. It was all false. It was all a lie. And frankly, it's all evidence of the fight between good and evil. And that's part of the evil. When he talked about the third eye, the white light, in pursuit of the third eye, the white light, if you're uh, familiar with uh, a lot of the Eastern uh, religions and such, you may understand that. Taking you you to a, a state of of nothingness. He called it emptying your ego. The drugs become a religion in and of themselves. 
Uh, Dennis talked about the brotherhood of eternal love. There was no brotherhood. There was nothing eternal except, well, I won't go into that, but it wasn't eternal love. And uh, a lot of the brotherhood there became heroin addicts, according to his uh, own experience. Uh, But uh, ultimately, the healing involved Dennis Whitman owning his stuff. Remember early on, he talked about the fact his dad was an abuser. He was an alcoholic. And Dennis couldn't wait to get out from under his dad's spell. But at the end of things, when God got a hold of Dennis and when he got his life straightened out, one of the first things he did was he he, he admitted to himself, I've got to own what I did. I'm not going to blame it on my dad. I'm going to own it. And that is one of the first steps to, in a healthy way, recovering from this stuff. And then he talked about uh, just the, the good versus evil that he was struggling with. And, you know, it takes a, a God-sized transformation. Uh, real quickly, before we uh, go today, Dennis mentioned the Altamont Speedway. Rolling Stones had a concert there in December of 1969. Near Tracy, not too far with us, within our, our signal area. I don't know, were some of you there? For that, back in uh, back in 1969, yeah, Altamont Speedway, about 300,000 people uh, made it to the uh, Altamont Speedway because the Rolling Stones were doing an America tour there, and uh, it uh, that whole concert spiraled out of control. Lots of alcohol, lots of drugs, and uh, the Hell's Angels, the Hell's Angels, believe it or not, Mick Jagger decided to hire the Hell's Angels to be security at this Rolling Stones concert. Well, what happened was uh, the Hell's Angels had their own ideas of what security meant. During the concert, someone named Meredith Hunter, a fan, uh, basically approached the stage and the Hell's Angels uh, pushed uh, Meredith off, a male Meredith, and uh, he tried to uh, come onto the stage He pulled out a gun, which was a dumb idea. And basically, the Hells Angels tackled him, beat him, stabbed him to death. And uh, the security guard from the Hells Angels, his name was Alan Passaro. Uh, So anyway, things went downhill from there. And uh, as Dennis and many historians historians would say, that the, the love of the 1960s, you know, the love, the hippies, and uh, just the love of it all. That kind of ended with the Altamont Speedway concert where uh, Meredith Hunter was uh, stabbed to death uh, by members of the Hells Angels. So following that, uh, Dennis also mentioned a film, a documentary film. It was titled Gimme Shelter. Gimme Shelter, G-I-M-M-E, Gimme Shelter. And it was a documentary about this particular event. And uh, Mick Jagger basically disowned the Hells Angels, and they were portrayed in a not-so-nice and positive way because of their murder of Meredith Hunter. And so they devised a plan to assassinate Mick Jagger on his Long Island home in New York. And so a group of them got guns and ammo, and they were about ready to arrive and lay siege to Mick Jagger's mansion. And uh, so they were in this boat, and as they're approaching the mansion, the weather just went nasty. In fact, 
the weather, the, a storm came up that was so bad that it almost caused the Hells Angels boat to sink. And they abandoned that assassination attempt. But uh, for the rest of their lives, the Hells Angels didn't want much to do with, uh, with Mick Jagger. And I, I would assume uh, vice versa as well. Uh, so there you go. Very, uh, very interesting. Uh, just a program note uh, for tomorrow. Hope you can join us. Uh, our guests uh, are going to be retired FBI agent Bob DeKlinski. Many of you may uh, remember him. We're going to talk about how the FBI handled that case with the young gymnasts, the young girls part of Team USA so many years ago. And an abominable job they did. Just disgusting to me that the pleas of these young ladies were ignored. And then the uh, second half of our program tomorrow, we'll be talking to uh, Stanislaus County Supervisor Terry Withrow about a bill, SB9, that uh, Governor Newsom just signed, basically that is going to abolish, for the most part, single-family residences in California. If you live on a single-family residence plot, do you like that? Well, you may not like it much more. Thanks to Governor Newsom. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Trevor Carey, coming up at 4 o'clock today. I'm Mike Douglas. Thanks so much for joining us today. Always looking forward to seeing you tomorrow here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.